what is the upskies, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the GX Hockey Cast, where once a week I take a look at the NHL, mostly focusing in on the Toronto Maple Leafs, Calgary Flames, you know, the Canadian hockey teams, but I, I, I can talk about any hockey team in the NHL, so... We got some news to go through this week. I mean, the draft lottery was yesterday with absolutely zero controversies whatsoever. So we're going to be talking about the draft lottery and the results of that from last night. And of course, the second round of the playoffs are still continuing onward. So I'll be talking about all of those series, especially the Toronto Maple Leafs and their second round success. We'll be talking about that. And there's some other news going on around the league. Um, And the awards, uh, the nominees for the NHL awards have been coming out. So we'll take a look at some of those and see how crazy some of those nominations are. So speaking of crazy, let's dive into kind of the thing that's on my mind uh, the most hardcore right now. No, it's not the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's the Chicago Blackhawks who won the draft lottery last night. So there's a little bit of controversy around this. Um, I already had my poopy, my big old poopy pants moment. My friend uh, Kyle, uh, my buddy Kyle and I, we had like a big old, I don't know, like 45 minutes to an hour long venting session. We're just sending these massive texts back and forth about the NHL league, about the Leafs, about the draft, and just the ridiculousness of the NHL in its entirety. But if you did watch the draft, I was watching it on Sportsnet, and I mean... As as it always goes, the NHL fucks everything up and uh, kind of shoot themselves in the foot that they always do. And Kevin Weeks, before they announced the final three picks of the draft, they, they were going to go to commercial break. And then Kevin Weeks just reveals that Columbus got screwed over in the draft and they are moving down to the third spot. So uh, they announced that sadly right before the commercial. I didn't like, it kind of went over my head like live. I was like, wait, what did he just say? And, like, I was the only one watching it, so I didn't, like, have someone to be like, hey, did you hear that too? And I don't know. So, yeah, that was after the draft was done. I didn't think too much about it, but people online were uh, rather upset about it, calling the draft rigged and all that stuff. And I'm not going to lie. I said it was rigged too. Just That was just a joke, like, uh, because Chicago won it. I was like, of course Chicago won it. They, they win everything, but... No, I don't actually think that the NHL draft is rigged. I mean, if it was... I think that Connor McDavid would be a Toronto Maple Leaf. Matthews would be an Arizona Coyote. Stuff like that. I mean, it could be it could be rigged. I just even if they are rigging it, then they're doing a bad job at that as well. But results are in the Chicago Blackhawks get Connor Bedard. I mean, 99.9% they're selecting Bedard with that. A damn near it's got to be 100%. Bedard is uh, according to everybody, man, the the next generational talent coming into the NHL. And I know the hype around every first overall pick, around every draft is always, there's always hype around everybody, you know? Nail Yakupov, there is huge hype around Yakupov. Fail for Nail, and he ended up being a complete and total bust. And yeah, there's there's a lot of hype around every draft, but this one, I know it's it's um it's definitely been it's it's higher hype than I've ever seen since McDavid, man. And I mean, a lot of people were saying Austin Matthews. Honestly, I didn't feel the hype around Austin Matthews. There were still a lot of question marks behind Austin Matthews. You didn't get to see as much of Austin Matthews. Once we saw him playing in that tournament, I was like, oh, okay, this guy is going to be like an effective NHL player right away. And then we saw his NHL debut four goals later. We're like, oh shit, this guy's actually unbelievable. Now, Matthews had the hype coming in, obviously. I just think Mac, uh, McDavid had higher hype, and I think Bedard right now has 
higher hype than Austin Matthews did coming in. Uh, Connor Bedard, man, this guy is going to be really, really good. And the Chicago Blackhawks fans celebrating, I mean, rightfully so. I mean, it's not your fault that you, um, like, you can't be mad at the fans, man. They didn't do anything. But, I mean, it's, I guess it's, I'm a little bit jealous because, uh, they just went through a dynasty with Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, and yeah, I know the the road's been a little bit rocky for the Blackhawks ever since like 2017, whenever they got swept and all that stuff. But you know, it hasn't been that long, and they're and now it's nothing's guaranteed. Now, just because you got Connor Bedard doesn't mean that you're going to get seven cups straight right away. I mean, there's still a lot of things that are going to have to go into this. The Chicago Blackhawks right now as a team are a barren wasteland. The best thing that they have right now is a player that's not even necessarily on the team yet in Connor Bedard. So Taves is moving on. Patrick Kane more than likely won't be coming back. Unless, you know, maybe with Connor Bedard, maybe Taves and Kane decide they're going to stick around. Who knows? I don't know. This kind of stuff has the potential to change the complete and total makeup and whatever plans that Chicago may have had. I don't, like, there's no way that they had it written in stone that they're getting Connor Bedard. They tried their mightiest. I mean, I have to, hats off for the Chicago Blackhawks franchise just for, now, I don't respect that franchise whatsoever, but they did a good enough job putting a horrible team on the ice, and they did everything in their power to give themselves the best odds to get Connor Bedard. They didn't finish in the bottom of the league, but... I don't think that they're complaining because uh, where they finished is that was the money spot. That was the draft lottery winning spot. If you were third last in the league, I think it was. Other than that, there weren't any big moves. It was a very standard, boring draft uh, lottery from, what, pick 16 till till they blew their load before the commercial break. It was 20 minutes of just like, yep, 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 yep. But um, Chicago, man, I mean, the Good for them. They're going to get Connor Bedard. It's going to be really interesting to see uh, how that team comes together. Obviously, uh, everyone's extremely excited to see what Connor Bedard is going to be able to do in his first uh, debut into the NHL because the Chicago Blackhawks fans made that very well known. They started selling tickets and jerseys like crazy. So, I mean... It's nice. I mean, I'm never going to cheer for a fan base to have a bad time. It's just all that crap that went on with the Chicago Blackhawks. I really have a hard time, uh, you know, being happy for an organization. Like, they go through the whole Kyle Beach thing, and I still don't think they were uh, reprimanded. There wasn't enough uh, done, honestly. There wasn't enough punishment to the Chicago Blackhawks for all of that they did and now they're getting rewarded with the first overall pick and the quite possibly the next Sidney Crosby the next Connor McDavid in this league it just looks a little bit bad I mean from far away or just from my position you know it just it leaves a little bit of a stink on on the draft for me and I I don't have anything against Connor Bedard or anything like that it's just I really didn't want him to go to Chicago, man. I really wanted him to go to Columbus, even though I know everyone hates fucking Columbus, but Columbus, man, like, they're trying. They got Goudreau. It seems like a place that's on the rise, and I think if they got Connor Bedard, that would have just, you know, sent Columbus to the next level of a franchise. They can start, like, getting really popular. They are desperate for a center, so it would have been really fun to see Bedard and... Johnny Goudreau being uh, teammates together with Patrick Laine. You know, it could be some, it could have been the start of something really cool for Columbus. It sucks that they didn't win it. You're still going to get a good player. I mean, 
Anaheim as well. They kind of, you know, <laughs> I, I would have enjoyed to see Trevor Zegris and Bedard uh, just for that potential that would have been a really young, extremely fun team to watch. I mean, Connor Bedard and Trevor Zegris. Zegris is a, a human highlight. And then you're adding, but oh my goodness, that would have been so much fun. And for Anaheim as a whole, like not only do they have Trevor Zegers, they have a plethora of young defensemen coming up. I mean, Anaheim could be a team on the rise as well, and it looks like they're going to be adding in Fantilli and or Leo Carlson. A lot of people are uh, leaning towards Fantilli to be the second overall pick. Regardless, I mean, Fantilli or Carlson, those are both really, really good consolation prizes. So I know Anaheim fans... Columbus fans, anyone that was in that top five, anyone that was in the lottery, I imagine are feeling a little bit disappointed. Vancouver fans, I feel you. I feel you. I kind of, you know, deep down I wanted him to go. It's it's always nice to see a kid go to his hometown. But, I mean, Vancouver's cursed, man. So we, we wouldn't want to see Bedard get cursed, uh, you know, all, all kidding aside. Uh, it was, you know, it happens. Uh, Chicago gets him. It's over. <laughs> Chicago wins yet again. Going to be another 15 years of Chicago getting every all-star game, every outdoor game, every just everything awesome. So we're going to continue that. And it is cool they're an original six team. Like, it's cool that Bedard gets to go to an original six. I mean, that's nice. And so be it. So what do you guys think about Connor Bedard going to Chicago? Is that the team you wanted him to go to? Is that the worst team that you... Is that the number one team you didn't want him to go to? Because I'm not going to lie. Going into it, I told my wife, I'm like, I don't want Chicago to get it. And <laughs> I knew. I knew once we got, got to that top five. I was like, Chicago's got it, man. I know it. And then it, they announced it. And I just yelled audibly very loudly. Just went, fuck. Like it... It is, I know, I'm, I'm a little, ups, I'm not really upset, but it is what it is. And, and speaking of, it is what it is, uh, I have some really just, just straight up sad news about Gabriel Landeskog. Uh, he's come out and said that he is actually, he's going to be missing, not only did he miss the entirety of this season, he is going to be missing the entirety of next season as well. So, just devastating news, man, for Avs fans and I guess hockey fans. I mean, I'm I like Gabriel Landeskog. He's the captain of the Colorado Avalanche, won the Cup last year, and all this year was you know discussions of if and will he come back for a playoff run or any point during the season. And yeah, now he needs to have right knee surgery. He needs to have the cartilage in his knee replaced, which I didn't even know that was a thing that you can do. Um, so that, that fucking sucks, man. I mean, that's a huge blow to Colorado and their fans. And obviously Gabriel Landeskog, his friends, his family, all of that stuff. Very, very sad news. You never want to see a guy that still has so much more left in the tank to give. And for him to miss two full seasons, I mean, it's, it's going to be, um, interesting. And I imagine very difficult for Landeskog when he comes back, if he comes back, uh, with two full seasons off of the NHL. It's going to take him some time to get back there. Will he ever be the same player ever again? I, I'm i not a doctor. I won't be able to answer that until we see it for ourselves. But devastating news, man. I saw that. I saw the picture from the press conference. He looks absolutely devastated, rightfully so. And yeah, man, that absolutely sucks. So uh, hoping for the best for Gabriel Landeskog in the future of his career. I mean... Let's just say, let's just even say theoretically, if this guy's done with hockey, there is so much more that he can give to the game of hockey. He could be, he can get into management and stick around with the Avs. I imagine he would do that. He is a captain of that team. One of the youngest captains in history, if I do recall so, maybe of all time. He was, he was a very, very young captain, but uh, that sucks, man. And 
Uh, I mean, they definitely missed him this season. Uh, going down in the first round against Seattle was a huge shock to the Avs fans and their and that whole. It, you know, they didn't see that coming. I don't think a lot of people saw that coming. And if they had Landeskog in there, who knows what would have happened? But uh, they're going to be without him next year. Going to be really interesting uh, to see how Colorado deals with that. I mean, he's obviously going to be put on long-term injury reserve, all that situation. So we'll see what Colorado can do to replace him, or we'll see what they can do with that. That's just that's just sucks, man. I I, I can't stress how much that sucks to hear. And um, I guess speaking of sucks to hear, I know I don't know Rangers fans. You're going to have to let me know how you feel about this one. But uh, Gerard Gallant and the New York Rangers are apparently parting ways here. So. Another uh, kind of a devastating loss in the in the first round of the playoffs against the New Jersey Devils. Everything looked really good for the Rangers starting out in the playoffs. They whooped New Jersey 5-1 back-to-back games, up 2-0 in this series. And then New Jersey comes swarming back. Gallant doesn't really make any adjustments. And they get taken out, man. So Gallant, he's... Um, He's another one of those coaches that that has an expiration date. You've seen it in his history with other teams and in Vegas and stuff. He doesn't last very long. He's while he's there, it's usually quite good. He's fairly successful, but um, there's definitely uh, something to him that that gets old fairly quickly. So most teams tend to move on from him two to three years. The Rangers going to follow suit with that pattern, so they're moving on. I have no idea who they're going to hire next. That's going to be uh, a lot of this is going to be up for debate. And I feel a lot of this may hinge on the future of the Toronto Maple Leafs and Kyle Dubas and Sheldon Keefe and stuff. So we'll dive more into that a little bit later. But um, yeah, the Rangers aren't going to have Gallant. I think that's good. So they got a really tough decision on their hands. So the discussion with uh, the Rangers are the first round performances of Panarin and Lafreniere. So you got... Panarin, a kind of a NHL veteran, he's in his 30s now, he makes a shitload of money, and then you have, I think he's 31 now, and Lafreniere, 21 years old, first overall pick, young player who hasn't really, he hasn't built up to that first overall pick just yet, and there was a lot of hype around Laf, Lafreniere when he came into the league, a lot of people believe that this kid could be a generational talent, and we haven't quite seen it yet, we've maybe seen flashes here or there, he scored some highlight real goals, um, but it just hasn't been very consistent. And honestly, personally, I just think that the Rangers have been a terrible fit for him. And uh, just the direction of that team at that time, the really fast rebuild, I think, I mean, it was great for the organization and everything. I just think it went too fast. And it, you know, instead of having Lafreniere and and Heedle and Kako moving up into that second, third line, they advance really quickly, and then they picking up Panarin. They're keeping Zabinajad. They got Kreider still. And I think maybe if that rebuild didn't go as fast, those guys may not be Rangers right now. And then you would be having a top line of Lafreniere, Kako, and Hedl. And who knows what their what their production levels would have been at that time if they were just given the reins. And it's been a very slow build for Kako and Lafreniere. Heedle's kind of been coming around this season. Kako has a second overall pick. He just, I know a lot of people are disappointed in him. He has developed a a very nice two-way game. He's quite solid defensively, especially for his age. He's really quite good, honestly. And uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see which coach that New York is going to go with. Are they going to go with a coach that is more driven towards the young players and and getting the best out of them? Or are they going to get a coach that is... Uh, maybe knows what he's doing with the older guys, knows how to get the best out of the older players and, and 
uh, Zabinijad and Panarin because uh, there's a, definitely a lot of microscopes on Panarin right now after that first round. I think he had one point, which is just unacceptable for the amount of money that he's making. He is, the I believe, the highest paid winger in the league uh, still. And yeah, that production was just trash. I mean, all around the Rangers production team-wide just went down after game two, man. Like that power play, it looked like it was going to be as effective as the Edmonton Oilers power play those first few games. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Kreider was just unstoppable. But the Jersey Devils, man, Lindy Ruff, he, he made the adjustments and they got through them and look at them go now. I mean, uh, not as successful as uh, against the Hurricanes right now. We'll talk a little bit more about that. But interested to hear what you guys think about coaching and uh, stuff like that. I know the names of Babcock, Quenville, and GM, former GM of the Blackhawks, Stan Bowman. Their names are all floating out there right now. And there's a whole bunch of controversy and and hard discussions to have about that because of the controversy which happened with Quenville and Bowman and, and Chicago and should we let these guys back into the league personally I say no like that's like I think the NHL's got to be way more like you have to put your fucking foot down I don't care if Quenville's the second winningest coach of all time you fucked up dude you fucked up and you shouldn't be allowed back in here I just I don't care like I can't forgive what what they did as an organization now I don't run the league so I I don't make those decisions that's just me personally I would not allow these men back in there you did what you did I can't forgive it the damage is done I'm never going to forget that and uh, I don't want to see them back in the league, personally. I, I just don't. I don't think that's right. And that I, that's a beyond fair punishment. I mean, they're, they're, they should be punished so much more. Like, the, uh, maybe these guys should be in prison. I don't know. But I think the least that the NHL can do is is just strike those names from there and that's be done with it I don't want I don't want them to come back so um that those names are out there I'll just mention them but uh, that's my opinions on them I don't want them back in the league don't care how good you are so uh that's uh we have one more just a little piece of news here uh I think his name is Mark Barwicky, uh, Ottawa Senator, great uh, defenseman, uh, part of that great moment, that little promo that they had with uh, the former owner of um, Ottawa Senators. I'm sorry, I'm drawing a little bit of a blank on this one, but I remember that video of Barwicky and the former Sens GM, I believe has passed away now, Bill Murray, I don't know, um, sorry, uh, Funny moment. I mean, it's uh, Borough Cop. He's, uh, yeah, man. He's He kind of reminds me of, like, Chris Neal. I loved Chris Neal in Ottawa after, like, the Sens and the Leafs rivalry was kind of done and that kind of the dust settled. I just had a huge respect for Chris Neal, man. He was such an Ottawa senator, man. He bled Ottawa colors. Like, he was just, oh, yeah, I have to respect that. I don't think Borough Wiki is up on that level of Chris Neal, no. But, I mean, he was a he was a good Ottawa guy. So, I mean, congratulations on your NHL career and good luck to you in retirement. All right, so that's all the bigger uh, news that I will talk about. So let's get into uh, the round two of the NHL playoffs before I get into the Toronto Maple Leaf Florida series. I just, um, I don't know if it's just me, but has anyone else like really been disappointed with the second round? And and no, I'm not being poopy pants because my Toronto Maple Leafs are currently down 3 nothing to the Florida Panthers. I've been watching the other series too, and... It just, I've been disappointed. I get really excited about the game. I'm like, oh yeah, I can't wait to watch it tonight. And then by the end of the first period, it's a blowout. It's an uncompetitive game and the other team is already gone home. You know, tail between your legs. Okay, boys, we lost this game. Let's go and get ready for the next one. And then you watch 40 minutes of just dump and chase and like maybe a chance here or there. It's just, 
like this, I don't know, it's very common. This is why I'm so much more into the first round. First round is so good, and then the playoffs kind of slowly or sometimes dramatically drop off. I think there's kind of been a dramatic drop off from the first round to the second round right here. I mean, Vegas versus Edmonton might be the most disappointing series ever. I was so excited for that one going in, and every game has been a fucking blowout. Like, I can't even, I'm not even bothering watching it because, what was it, the last game, Vegas went up, it was 5-1, like, before you knew it, and that was it. Like, the game was over, Edmonton was done. So, I mean, I've been really disappointed with that Vegas-Edmonton series. It just has not been up to snuff for me. I mean, obviously, my Leafs are getting pummeled. Those games... They haven't been that great either. That New Jersey Carolina is, oh my God. I don't even know if I can watch that. It almost made me throw up just talking about it. Honestly, I think the best series in the second round right now is Dallas and Seattle. That's been the most competitive games for the most part, uh, other than that one massive blowout where uh, Heiskanen went down. But yeah, dude, I don't know. What do you guys think about the playoffs the second round? I personally have been like extremely disappointed with how uncompetitive and every game appears to be a blowout on the road too. So not only are the games like not that great to watch, but the atmosphere is missing from these games a lot because it's the home team that's getting absolutely pummeled at home. And then you got a fucking building filled with 17, 18,000 paying fans for the most overpriced tickets probably in sports right now I mean how much are these people paying to watch your home team get absolutely pummeled not good man it just it's not a good thing when you turn on the tv and it's a blowout and you're you know these are your top eight teams in the NHL like you were and it's supposed to have all this parody and stuff and these games are just blowouts absolutely blowouts it's been um really weird that's uh, definitely been an outlier of the second round is home teams are just sucking road teams are winning all the time and when you win you will win really good and when you lose you get your fucking shit kicked in and then you usually come back and beat the shit out of the team the next game but really really weird second round of the playoffs so far so let's dive a little bit more into detail with these games so Leafs versus Florida oh boy it's uh, it's been going really good so Matthew Nyes is is done for the series from that just very legal slamming of the head from Bennett. Oh, I'm so glad that he got that maximum fine of 5,000 whole dollars. Oh, no, that's going to show him. Oh, yeah, that'll really encourage Bennett to never do that again with a big fucking smile on his face doing it. Yeah, real good. So... Florida Panthers know exactly what they're doing. They knew who to target. They knew who to take out because Matthew Nyes, since he's gotten into the lineup, has been the spark plug of that top six, man. Like, without him, they look completely fucking useless, man. So, I mean, good on you, Sam Bennett. Like, good job. You did exactly what you what you were sent out there to do. You're going to go take out one of the most effective Leaf players because you knew. He knew when he did that, he wasn't going to get and he wasn't going to get a penalty because they. it's so... Teams have it so down to a science that they know when and when not to do things. They know when the referees are going to call this and they're not going to call that. Especially a coach like Paul Maurice. The guy's been in the league since he was seven years old. Since the league began, I think, in 1907. Paul Maurice was there on the bench, born. Little baby on the bench. Little Paul Maurice and his little glasses and his fucking hand gestures to the referees. You piece of shit. I love you, Paul. It's fine. It's all good, bro. It's all good. But... I mean, it. I've seen it time and time again, Leafs getting taken advantage of uh, by the playoff rules. And, you know, the Leafs, 
I can't really go off on a tangent about the refereeing. Like I said in the last episode, refereeing league-wide, every game, every series, every second has been god-awful. Every every conversation, every intermission discussion has been about this missed call, that missed call, why wasn't this called, why is that called, why isn't that called, so on and so forth. So, I mean, it's a strategy. It's something that every NHL team has to be aware of by this point I mean are you serious like I know at times the uh, coaches will play dumb to it to I don't know to try to appease to the fans try and get a rabble going I don't know get a crowd get people talking about it and then maybe they'll do something about it but there's no way in hell that you know Paul Maurice and Sheldon Keefe and all the other coaches aren't aware of this like come on now it's literally board material. Like, I'll never, ever forget that image in the Toronto Maple Leafs Amazon documentary series where they're in the room, you got the whiteboard with the, the Tampa Bay players on it, and you and the biggest, most important thing that was on that whiteboard of a circled, underlined, stars all around it were the referees. Referees who are refing this game. You want to know why? Because every referee has a little fucking thing in their head that's wrong with them, okay? And he may be, oh, I call this every time, but not this on that guy. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous because we all know the rules in the NHL are up for interpretation. They are not black and white. It's every situation is a gray situation. Like, oh, it's up for, you know, yeah, it's a trip right now like that's a trip but um not right here at this moment i missed it so on so forth human error it is what it is right but you know i can't sit there and 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 listen to (laughs) these complaints from the coaches and how they're acting surprised by this like how are we surprised by the referees refing the way that they've done it it's always been bad it's always been stupid and unpredictable i mean that's it's really frustrating, man. It's really frustrating. It's hard to be a fan of this game where you just don't know. How, you can't watch it with enjoyment really anymore. It's it's tough. It's it's quite tough. But the refereeing aside, let's just talk about game two. So the Toronto Maple Leafs lose that game. They did have a nice start to that game. You know, they got two goals in the first period. It looked really good. And then the Leafs went to fucking sleep for like 15, 10, 15 minutes, which... It's just way too long. One minute of sleep is too long, and the Leafs went to sleep for most of the second period. Florida explodes. Two quick goals off of sloppy Leafs plays. I mean, what else is new, man? Like, there's one image in my mind that really bothers me about, um, I don't I think it might have been this game. I'm pretty sure it was, but Mitch Marner behind the net in his own zone, and he was lackadaisical, man. It looked like he was in game 79 he didn't give one shit about what was going on no determination no focus just lackadaisical I don't want to be here this is unimportant to me and Florida Panther forecheck easily grabs the puck from him Marner falls over it's intercepted it's in the back of the net and I I just I you can I cannot believe that shit dude like the amount of money that you make, the amount of effort and time and all of this that you put into this stupid game and you cannot give us 60 goddamn minutes, dude. You cannot play 60 minutes? Like, this is outrageous. If I've dedicated that much of my life, there is no way that I am allowing myself to do that to me. Like, I couldn't do that to myself. Like, if I was Mitch Marner and I dedicated my life to hockey... I am putting every fucking ounce of myself on the ice. I know that's easy for me to say that because I'm not a professional athlete, and he is, but that's just unacceptable, man. And the thing that drives me the most bananas about Mitch Marner is his, like, I can't, I 
try my best. I don't listen to any of his interviews. I don't read his quotes. I don't want to hear any of it because I can't stand the words that come out of his freaking mouth. And I heard a quote from him today and it was, oh, I don't care about what you guys say, meaning the media. So he's like, I don't care what you guys say. We, We don't listen to you guys. We keep that in here in the room. We only care about what we say in the room. It's like bullshit, Mitch. Like everyone knows that you spend hours and hours on Twitter fucking reading every comment and taking it personally. Baloney. We can see it on your face. We can see it in your body language. We can see it. We can hear it in your voice. Like He's just not mature, man. He's just not mature. He's not a mature player. He's not a playoff guy. I think, I don't even care how many points that he has. It doesn't matter if he has, like, even if the if the points, it's when he gets the points. He gets points when it doesn't matter, when the Leafs are already up. He doesn't get any big goals. He doesn't get game winners. He doesn't get overtime winners. It's just not there, man. He just does not perform up to the standard in the NHL playoffs. He's just not that player. You look at the way that he plays, he's not going to be that effective against a lot of the teams that he's going to go up against in the playoffs because they will just shut that shit down. Mitch Marner wants to try and make every pass through the middle. Good luck getting a pass through the middle in the playoffs, man. It is so fucking congested through the middle. Good luck. You're just not going to do it. And he tries and tries and he keeps doing both of them, Matthews and Marner. They keep trying to do these fancy little plays. It's not working. Why can't we simplify it? Why can't they figure out that you need to simplify the game, get back to basics, hard grinding? Like this skill shit is not working. It hasn't been working for years and they're getting shut down consistently year after year. And they're like, oh, we're getting goalied. We're getting goalied. There's only so many times that you can get goalied. You know, how many times have that has that excuse been there? Oh, they're just not going for us. They're just not going for us. Well, there's definitely a problem there in the way that you're running offense. And the Florida Panthers, they were a terrible matchup for the Leafs going in there. A lot of people were saying this. And I'm not like an analyst. I'm not a professional at that stuff. But And I wasn't saying that. Um, I just I just said I I was nervous about Florida, man. Like a lot of people, once Boston went down, they're like, oh yeah, the Leafs are going to walk through the Panthers. I'm like, then you just don't know what you're talking about, man. Like A, they just beat the Bruins. Like that's a big, big deal. Like yeah, the Bruins didn't play like the Bruins, but Florida still took them out. Florida's a good team. They didn't get here for no reason. There's a good team there. And the thing that had me the most is like, watch out for Florida if they make it into the playoffs. You look at that roster, whew, that is not a team you want to be going into a series with. Gudis, Ekblad, Kachuk, Bennett, you name it. These guys suck. And they don't even have Hornquist in there. Like, imagine if Patrick Hornquist was in their lineup right now. Forget about it. Like, come on now. So... This thing with the Leafs, man, the the top stars getting shut down. Marner Matthews, you know, they're just spewing out the same fucking quotes. Every single, it's the same thing. It's just, you know, they might as well just have the piece of paper in front of them reading off the sheet. Just, yep, we played not as good as we wanted. Pucks deep and all that, all that stuff. You know how the fucking, oh, it's, I cannot, like, I refuse to watch any post-game stuff because it's, all the same, and if anyone actually has something cool to say of interest that isn't your typical off-the-sheet quote, then they freak out about it, and it gets picked apart, and that person's a bad person for speaking their mind, yada, yada, yada. Another reason why the NHL will never grow. We don't want it to grow. We want everyone to be shut up and just sit there and say the same fucking thing for that, that has been said for the same, what, 60 years? Good shit. Anyway. Back to the game and how amazing uh, those, what, $50 million fucking players are worth right now. <sighs> Clearly, I'm a little frustrated. But 
I mean, Florida just did what they needed to do, and it's the thing that is the most effective against the Leafs. Counterattack. Counterattack. The Leafs love to have the puck. They love their possession. And the longer, the more you're going to have that puck. Inevitably, you're going to give it away at some point. The Leafs are phenomenal at giving the puck away. And Florida is a fantastic counterattack team. They will jump on those things. They'll jump on those chances. Whenever they get them, they'll make you pay. And for some reason, the Leafs just don't have that. When the Leafs turn it over, they get good chances, an opportunity to put the fucking knife in and twist it. They really just don't have that. That is still that element that is missing from the Leafs. It's like when you get that when you get that opportunity, they don't strike. When you get that power play, they don't strike. And you can complain all you want about Game 3 and the Leafs not having any power plays. Do you honestly think that would have changed anything? The way that they were playing, that wasn't going to change anything. Honestly, it would have probably made the game overall look way worse for the Leafs. Imagine if they had three power plays. They're going 0 for 3 on that. And who knows how much, how many actually good shots that they would have gotten out of that. It doesn't matter. I mean... You can't go into the game expecting five power plays. Like, you just... You can never put any expectations on the referees. You can't predict anything that the referees really are going to do at any given time because they're so fucking unpredictable. It's outrageous. But one of the most unpredictable things of this series has been Sergei Bafrickin' Broski, baby! Bobrovsky! He is back on the case, baby! Is he ever on the case again? I mean... Honestly, I'm a little bit, I mean, I'm not happy about it, but like, I know I feel bad for a guy that he signs the big ticket and he's just kind of been getting scrutinized ever since he signed the big ticket. And, you know, it's, it's just, you know, it's decent to see that Bobrovsky can still do it. I really, I'm a big fan of Bobrovsky. I like Bobrovsky. I think he's cool. Um, it's, it's cool to see him getting his game back. Unfortunately, he found it against the Leafs. It is what it is, but I mean, he's playing like a $10 million goaltender right now. Has he played like a $10 million goaltender consistently since he signed it? No, absolutely not. But this is why, you know, guys like him get the money. He he earned that money, honestly. He won two Veznas in Columbus. He was a fantastic goaltender. And he signed his contract at the right time with the Florida Panthers, who had tons of money, desperate for a goaltender. Yeah, I'm not going to blame him for that. He's been playing amazing. He's absolutely playing amazing. I would, I'm not saying he's necessarily... He's basically stealing games, but, um, I mean, the Leafs really aren't doing that much uh, favors to themselves. Florida, the Panthers themselves are playing a really solid game overall. And, I mean, um, the goaltending battle between Bobrovsky and Samsonov, I mean, Sammy... Obviously, now he's down. He got injured. And it was very noticeable. I mean, it was noticeable that Samsonov was dealing with something prior to him actually going down and out. We've uh, People have picked apart and analyzed uh, Samsonov wincing after getting up, after receiving certain shots. There was a puck that he received high up in practice against Giordano that seemed to really affect his his balance. He seemed very off. He'd been very shooken up by that shot, clearly. And um, throughout that game, he gave up a really pretty ugly goal that he would have wanted back right there for sure. I think that was the Barkov goal, just a pretty clean shot. I didn't see any traffic, didn't get tipped or anything, just clean shot, beat him. And uh, yeah, he would have wanted that one back. And then and then the whole situation happens with the scrum. Uh, I think it was Bennett that fell on him or someone fell on him. And then that really seemed to be like the final nail in the coffin. 
I mean, Sammy did start in Game 3, which may have been a controversial decision, but, I mean, you you just, I don't know, man. It's it's so hard to make that decision, right? But he ends up getting taken out by Luke Shen. It was an accident, and that one, that was the final nail in the coffin, coffin and in comes Wool. Also in Game 3, the Leafs did go back to the 11-7, 11 forward, 7 defensemen. Sadly, Justin Hall comes back into the lineup, and he was just god-awful. Absolutely god-awful, dude. I can't fucking believe this. What did I say last week, damn it? I didn't want to see that fucker's face in this lineup unless there was a serious injury, and he bit you, dude. He was awful. He was so bad. So bad. And he wasn't even, like, he was bad, but, I mean, that core four, Johnny, Willie, Willie was okay. He had some flashes. Marner, Matthews, pretty much invisible that whole game. The best Leafs on the ice were fucking David Kampf and fucking Laffy. What's his name? Lafferty? I call him Laffy Taffy, but um, <laughs> Lafferty and Camp, man, like the two, the fourth line, that was the most effective line out there. They were the most noticeable by far. And are you goddamn kidding me? These dudes are on fucking league minimum contracts. You got $11 million over there. You got $11 million over there. And you got $11 million there doing dick. Doing dick. They can't fucking do anything. It's very... Very not good, and I understand why everyone's going crazy about the core four right now. Oh, is this the end of the core four? Probably. Uh, I had a nice big conversation with my buddy Kiel, and um, me personally, I mean, let's just let's just get it over with. The game is tonight. If they win, cool. They win one game. I want them to win one game. Just you know, it, it would be a lot. If they get swept, it's going to be really ugly, and there's going to be a lot of ugly things that are probably going to be said, and probably some things that are going to get done. Um, I just find it really strange. I brought this up with my wife today. I'm like, it's weird because a week ago, Dubis was safe. His job was safe. Everything's fine. No one's going anywhere. The core four is just dandy, and then two losses in a row to Florida, Everything starts to fall apart. Oh, Dubas isn't safe anymore, yada yada. They lose game three. Oh boy, Dubas is gone, guaranteed. And how many of the core four are gone, right? So if they lose game four, they get swept. I think it's almost going to be a guarantee. Clean the house out. Everyone's gone. Dubas, Shanahan, Pridham, fucking not Jason Spezza. You can stay. You're allowed to stay. Uh, I don't. There, I don't think there's a way that they would be able to move the core four in one summer. I just don't think that would happen. Um, but I think one piece would have to would have to be moved. And if I'm picking one out of the core four, John Tavares, William Nylander, Mar- Mitch Marner, and Austin Matthews, I'm taking Marner. I want him gone. I don't care. I don't care how effective he is on the power play. I don't care that he was nominated for the Selkie. Don't care. He is a he, I understand that if, let's just say, for example, you lose Marner, I think obviously the big blow is going to be to the regular season performance, uh, whatever you decide to fill in that hole with, uh, it will, it will not be Mitch Marner, whatever you're going to bring back, is not going to be Mitch Marner, it's going to be different, but I mean, I, it's got, something's got to go, I think Marner might be the most, most tradable one, aside from Austin Matthews, but I, I think they'd still be a little bit crazy to deal him unless he wants to go. If he wants to go, sayonara, see you later. Nice knowing you. John Tavares, I don't think you're going to be able to move. So I think John's just going to have to stay, and I'm happy with that. I love John Tavares. one of my favorite players of all time. And um, I think he's great. I mean, 
he's great. <laughs> I, I like John. I'll defend him. And Morgan Riley, there's really, I don't think you could move that either. I don't think Mo wants to leave. I would be totally fine if Morgan Riley stays. And William Nylander would probably be the other one that is the most movable contract. So there could be a possibility that they could move Willie and Marner. I don't know, man. I, I have no idea. It's it's going to be it's going to be a very 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 interesting off season. The only way that they get out of this is they they do the miracle. They do the thing that's only happened four times ever in NHL history. They come back and they reverse sweep the <laughs> the Panthers and they come back and win four straight. Good luck with that. I just I can't see it happening. It'd be amazing if it did. That would be great. But you were virtually asking for Lightning to strike at the same spot twice with, with that ask for at least to come back and forward. So I, I, if it happens, it happens. It's great. You can mark this and just be like, ah, there you go. You never thought they were going to do it, and they did it. But, hey, it, I don't think anyone in the world right now believes that the Leafs are going to do that, especially the Leafs. But back to Game 3. So Game 3 was an interesting performance. Um, now, this might be just this might be because it's kind of new territory for the Leafs. They haven't been to the second round. And in Game 3, it really did look like they ran out of gas. It just tank hit empty, man. And they just ran out. And it got really ugly in the back half of that game. But the first half was going very, very, very well for them. I mean, Laffy Taffy, Lafreniere, or not Lafreniere, uh... Lafferty gets a goal really early. I'm going crazy at this point. And then it all goes away, man. It's the sloppiness starts to sneak into the Leafs and like really ugly, like really ugly giveaways. Do I even need to say the Ryan O'Reilly giveaway? I almost had a fucking heart attack. I yelled so loud. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? That was one of the most brain dead giveaways I've ever seen in my life. I have no no idea. That was literally, you just watched a man's head turn, like the brain shut completely off. Completely off. Gave it, you couldn't have given it to a worse fucking player to. You give it right to Matthew Kachuk, who almost goes in and ends the Leafs with, oh my god, dude. If he scored that between the legs, that would I would have instantly burned every Toronto Maple Leaf things I owned and I would... I would become just a Matthew Kachuk fan. That's it. Wherever he, whatever he does and says, that's all I care about. Because wow, um, so Ryan O'Reilly did that. The second that happened, I was like, "That's it." Like, there's no fucking way after that. Like, I like at that point, I was completely convinced that they the nerves have gotten to them. I was like, "Ryan O'Reilly is making a mistake like that. Like something's wrong." Ryan O'Reilly doesn't doesn't make those kind of mistakes, man. And to see that was honest to god shocking. I was shocked. At what I just saw, I couldn't believe it, and it happened. I it, at that point, I think you just witnessed the Leafs curse in action live. Like there, I just it's unexplainable. I have no idea what was going through his head in that moment. Thankfully, he didn't get crucified on the cross right there. If that puck went in, I mean, there would have been bounties on Ryan O'Reilly's head in Canada. He would have been a wanted man, uh, dead or alive. It would have been ugly for Ryan O'Reilly. It doesn't matter, though. They they go to overtime. The Leafs got nothing. It's all Florida. Sam Reinhart with a gorgeous play. Beautiful wraparound. Wool has no chance on that, and I don't put any blame whatsoever on Joseph Wool. He went in there, one of the most difficult situations that you can ask for. He starts off with a power play. He's got to kill off a power play right away. 
And I, I, I thought the he led in three goals. I thought two of them, there's really nothing he can do about it. Um, I wish, I mean, the overtime goal was kind of ugly to look at. But if you look at the play, it was a really, really good play by Sam Reinhardt. It was so fast uh, that completely blew by the defense. And he was so fast that Justin Wall or Joseph Wall just couldn't read that play. And it was in the net before he, before he even realized what was happening. And it was, just, that's it. And um I mean, we, we'd probably be having a completely different conversation right now if the Leafs were able to win that game in overtime. I think uh, more than anything, they were trying desperately, desperately to get that that game over in regulation. I don't. I just think they spent too much of their gas in the in the first half of that game, and it just completely went away the second half, and they're they're done. Which is it's a shame, man. Like honestly, I haven't seen that effort out of them. Like. I'm not. I I won't accept a, an excuse of uh, oh they were they had to travel. You had days off for that, so you're fine. Uh, I mean, you guys are some of the greatest athletes in the world. Like I I understand it's uh, it's a long, 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 long season. It's just I personally haven't seen that extra gear from the Leafs yet, man. I really, really haven't. I mean. I haven't seen Matthews playing the way that Matthews plays. Marner looks completely different in the playoffs. He's just virtually always just off to the walls, being neutralized. He's really trying to feed passes through a million legs, shots right into blocks. I mean, just brain-dead decision-making a lot of the time, all around for the Leafs, overpassing, not shooting when you should shoot, shooting when you shouldn't shoot. I mean, it's the same... It's, the same story. I mean, it was the most frustrating thing about watching them play Tampa last year was how they would just shoot every single thing right into the block, right? Like, are you even trying to get it through? Like, I have no, you're shooting it right into them. Like, it's, it's rough, man. And like, I want, I wish they would be uh, more for going for tips and, and stuff like that. You got to be battling even harder in front of the net. They're in front of the net, but I don't know. They're not causing enough chaos, man. They're not getting enough shots through. Like, some of the most effective, just chaotic things that you can do in the playoffs that I find are extremely effective are, are just bomb shots or and just a nice, accurate shot on net through traffic, and you got to go crazy for that rebound. You got to do, got to get crazy on the deflections. You got to get lucky, and it's a battle in there. And I'm just not seeing it. I'm just not seeing it. I'm seeing too much. They're trying to get it through the middle, and that middle, the middle's gone, man. When the middle's gone, they they really don't know what the fuck to do with themselves. And it's quite easy to shut down the middle. Well, not easy, but teams can do it very effectively. Florida's doing great at it. Doing great at shutting down the middle. So, I mean, it is what it is. The Leafs are down 3 nothing now. Fucking sucks. It is. Like, I had the Leafs going down in the second round. I, I didn't... I. I felt like they were going to hit that wall again. I feel like, like yes, it's going to be a great momentum push to, you know, get over that hump of the first round, and that can do a lot for the future of this team. We'll see who's left after this series, but I mean, that experience of knowing that you can do that, you can win the first round, you can do it, baby, you can. That'll last. That that will last for a little bit before you know, and if, unless they come back and lose like three straight first round, then all right, it, it it's over, but. I mean, they're, it's the same thing that happened with Florida last year, right? We saw the exact same story go down, did we not? Florida gets through the first round. Oh, yay, the first time they've done it in fucking forever. And then they get slaughtered in the second round. What did they do? They turned their whole fucking franchise around in the offseason. Bye-bye, Huberto. Bye-bye, Uyghur. In comes Kachuk. And now look at them. Now look at them. They're doing the thing that happened to them last year. They're fucking up the Leafs, who... 
everyone thought like, oh, now the sky's the limit. They're through the first round. Oh, but you got the Florida Panthers waiting for you. They've they've seen this story and they know what to do and they're doing it perfectly. So Toronto Maple Leafs could be their last game tonight. We'll um we'll see, man. I'll I'll watch it. I'm I don't have really any expectations. I don't think I'm going to be very upset when when and if they lose. Florida, good for you. I, I'm happy. I mean, they they deserve it, man. A lot of people now have them pegged to win the cup, but you know, I'm not going to jump on that bandwagon. But I mean, it's good for them. I'm I'm so I'm I'm happy. I'm happy for them. It's it's a game, man. I can't I can only get so mad about a game. It's just a game. It's just a game. I'll just keep telling myself that it's just a game. Don't get mad. Okay, so let's talk about some of the other series that have been going on. I I've honestly I've tried to watch these games, man, but a lot of them are just kind of background noise games like that like I said I talked about it like once the game gets out of hand it's background noise to me I throw on a video game I put it on the old iPad and I'm watching it on the side I'm like yeah really nothing has been going on so let's start with the one New Jersey versus Carolina game one all Carolina damn near perfect game from them slaughtered New Jersey five to one uh New Jersey had one shot one shot in the first period one I couldn't believe that I couldn't believe that. I was like, wow, that is rough. And I think through two, they had eight shots for through two periods and they were like fluffing up those numbers, man. Like they're like, oh, it appears that the New Jersey Devils, they found a couple of shots on net in the, in the intermission. So they're up to 10 now through two periods. Oh my God. What is this? The fucking dead puck era again? This series sucks. But, uh, so I couldn't watch that game, man. It was, uh, I mean, I, I'm fine with Carolina. It's I respect the game that they're playing. I just don't have to. I don't have to watch it, man. I'm not a Carolina fan, not a New Jersey fan, so I'm not going to put myself through that to watch that game. I will admit, though, that was a beautifully played played game from Carolina, man. Damn near perfect. I'm surprised they didn't get the shutout. I'm happy Freddie Anderson's in net right now. I got my Freddie Anderson shirt on right now as we speak. Game two. Pretty much the exact same thing. Carolina slaughters New Jersey 6-1. to one. Uh, Schmied, at this point, he's still in net. He got lit up in both of those games. They, um, they're still going with them. I mean, it's tough, man. I mean, you got Vanacek, who got lit up, does not have a good uh, track record in the playoffs. And then Schmied, I mean, he got you to the second round. It's a tough decision, man. It's very tough. He was still in there. And, yeah, dude, just another very good game from Carolina. Game three, finally, we get uh, the switch is flipped a little bit. Very high-scoring game. It was an 8-4 to four win for New Jersey. Now, those four goals by Carolina, a little bit fluffed up. It doesn't really... Um, it doesn't really say how much of a blowout that this game actually was. Uh, I think New Jersey just kind of went home. Carolina just popped in, like, three goals late in the third period to, to kind of make give them more goals. I mean, it's cool. And uh, it was... It was an interesting game because that was the debut of Luke Hughes. Makes his playoff debut. And it looked like he was quite effective out there. I mean, he got a point. He might have gotten a couple of points. But, um, and then you go to game four and it's the same story again. Carolina with another really, really fucking good game. Shutting down New Jersey. Six to one was the final score. So, all these games have been blowouts. Mostly for Carolina. They now lead the series three to one. Got the stranglehold on the Devils right here. And... It's just been extremely impressive from the Carolina Hurricanes, man. This is why defense wins. Defense wins championships. They got an incredible defensive core. I mean, Slavin, Pesci, Hamilton, you name it, man. They got an incredible defensive core with a lot of defensively responsible forwards on it. Ajo's getting it done. The Stall Bros are getting it done. 
or wait, is it? Are they both? No, just the one. Just Jordan's over there. Uh, uh, the the other two are on Florida. Damn it, Stall and Mark. There you go. Um, yep. I mean, the brothers are getting it done in the playoffs. They're they're all in there except for Jared. Um, what am I talking about? Oh, the Devils. Yeah, the Devils. Uh, uh, it doesn't look good for the Devils, does it? I mean, it's been um. It's been fun. I mean, they're kind of playing with house money a little bit. Not not really anyone was expecting them to make it to the playoffs, let alone beating the Rangers, which they also did. So, I mean, if I was a New Jersey Devils fan, I'd be very happy. I would have to think, like, okay, we got something really good here. Maybe we uh, shore up that back end a little bit, especially goaltending. We find something back there that's a little bit more consistent, and the Devils could be a really big problem coming coming up, man. Like, they're not even they're, – they're full power yet, I don't think. I mean, Jack Hughes continues to get better. He share continues to get better. And then they got the other Hughes brother who looks like he's going to be fantastic as well. So, I mean, it's not over yet for the Devils. They still have a chance, but – Carolina is uh, a very, very dangerous team. They're defense heavy, and it's it's working for them very, very well. Boring to watch, but I have to give it respect. We'll talk about now the Oilers versus Knights, which I've talked about being a very disappointing series for me so far, except for Game 1. Game 1 was awesome. So much fun. That's what I was expecting out of this series, game after game, but I uh, kind of dropped off. But the first game was unbelievable. Um... <laughs> Dreisaitl scores four goals. They lose that game. Now, bro, I feel your pain. I feel your pain. You know, Austin Matthews, debut game, four goals. They lose to the Senators. I was supposed to be at that game. I wasn't. Um, that sucks, dude. I mean, I was losing my mind watching that game. I was like, oh, my God, Leon, you just, ah. Leon is so freaking good, man. And that Edmonton Oilers power play, oh, my God. God, that thing is just a marvel to watch, man. It is so effective. It is, you just, there's nothing you can do about it. You, it, It's like a triangle. You got McDavid over here with Bouchard on the point and then Leon waiting over there. And you, uh, pick your poison, man. All three of those guys are going to put it in the net if you give them the chance to shoot it. And <laughs> it is the most effective power play in NHL history. The thing is absolutely fucking unbelievable. And Dreisaitl, I mean, one-man army right now in that game one. Vegas gets it done. They won that game 6-4, to four, and what a fucking game it was. Um, what really put that game away, man, was uh, there was a late too-many-men call in the third period, and that really fucked the Oilers, man. That was such a bad line change. And me as a Leaf, fans, uh, Leaf fan, I've seen a lot of those bench miners over the last, like, five to six years, so... I feel your frustration. Um, that fucking sucks, dude. It's um, a very unfortunate way to lose a game and to absolutely waste a four-goal effort in the playoffs. And it's not the only four-goal effort that was wasted. Poor Pavelski. And oh, so we move on to game two. This is where the series starts to uh, get one-sided. So Edmonton won game two, five to one. Pretty dominating performance. Really early uh, two power play goals pretty much right off the bat. Dreisaitl continues his goal-scoring dominance. If he, if the Oilers can get past Vegas and they and they move on, I think Leon Dreisaitl is going to demolish that goal-scoring record of 19 goals in a playoffs. He's already at, like, what, 14 or 15 or something like that? Out of fucking control, dude. Leon Dreisaitl is so amazing right now. They win that game. They look really, really good. And then game three, the complete opposite. Vegas wins this one 5-1 to one in Edmonton. 
And on top of that, they ended up losing Laurent Boiswat in net. Aiden Hill comes in, takes over. He does just fine, shuts the door down, and Vegas gets it done. So I don't uh, have the up-to-date information on Boiswat. I'm pretty sure he's going to be done for the remainder of the series and probably the playoffs because it looked like a really, really bad injury. It looked like he probably tore his groin or something it did not look good looked very painful needed to be helped off the ice and that's a shame dude like what an awesome story Brassois has been throughout this season and the goaltending carousel for Vegas continues like are we ever going to see Jonathan Quick in there like I, I thought honestly like that was the whole reason why they got Jonathan Quick so he can be the playoff goalie he hasn't been in there which I quite shocked about but um there's still more series to play so maybe we, we will see Jonathan Quick in there at some point so that, that's been, um, we'll see how Edmonton is able to respond in the next game. I mean, they got slaughtered on home ice. It was a pretty ugly game for them. They weren't able to take advantage of Aiden Hill going into the net. So I imagine they're going to be coming out swinging for game four. I don't think they're going to want to lose both games on home ice against Vegas. Don't want to go back to Vegas with that stranglehold around your neck. So going to be very interesting to see. I think that game is tonight, is it not? It's got Leafs. Oh, fuck yeah. Tonight's going to be dope, baby. As long as those games are good. Florida and and, and Toronto and then Vegas and, and Oilers. Oh, baby. That's going to be fun. Okay. Let's finish off with, um, we'll talk about the last series. And then I'll quickly go over the um, NHL award nominees that have been uh what it announced and we'll we'll just quickly go over those so Dallas and Seattle honestly the probably the most interesting series for me so far uh first game goes or sorry second game we know what happened in the first game fucking Joe Pavelski comes in and dominates and then Dallas they take game two four to two as well I didn't get to watch that one then game three this is where it got a little bit interesting so defenseman of the Dallas Stars Miro Heskinen probably still one of the most underrated defensemen in the league the guy is absolutely incredible and this is you know this is going to be the um the game where those Dallas fans are like see see how important he is to the team because Heskinen goes down and then fucking the Kraken just take over man they just take the game over what did they do they scored four goals on five shots dude on Jake Ottinger that is not easy to do I was shocked I couldn't believe that I was watching that boom goal goes in I'm like uh oh boom there goes another one I was like what the fuck boom there goes another one I was like what the fuck and then another I couldn't believe it dude I have I have not seen um under letting that 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 kind of shit like I mean that was that was impressive a very impressive game there from the Seattle Kraken and that's what you got to do man when you're when their best defenseman goes down a guy that is basically the backbone of that team everything is running through Heskinen they took advantage clearly. They won that game seven to two without Heskinen in there. He took a puck to the face, so he left that game. But he did. Thankfully, he came back for Dallas Stars fans in Game Four. They win that game six to three. Sadly, I didn't get to watch that one as well. But um, nice to see Heskinen back in there. Fairly competitive series so far. I mean, you can't count out Seattle right now, man. They're they're a really good team, but Dallas is fucking really good, man. <laughs> really good team right there. So. That is how all the series are going right now. Which series is your favorite so far? If, I mean, <laughs> it, it would be the Leafs one if they actually won a game. I mean, um, honestly, I'm the most interested in the Dallas-Seattle series because of how cool of a story it is for, for Seattle, how cool that is. Um, I'm very, like, I'm... 
I like the way that Florida. I like Florida's story as well. I like what the all the shit that they went through last year. The huge turnover. If they win a cup, I mean that's going to be such a great story for them. It sucks, that, you know. The Leafs are never going to get that story for themselves ever again. But you know, like I said, it's just a game. It's only a game. So let's finish off with the awards that have been uh, announced so far. So. We got the Norris Trophy nominees, Adam Fox, Eric Carlson, and Kale McCarr. I mean, every single year, someone is going to get snubbed hard on the Norris. I mean, you got Josh Morrissey, Heskinen, Hedman for the first time not being on there, which is, it's weird, but it's right. I mean, Hedman had a shitty year. He'll He's the first one that'll tell you that. He had a shitty year. I mean, honestly, Sergachev should be nominated over Hedman this year. If Hedman got nominated this year, I would have an eyebrow raised, like, super super high because like didn't have a good year man he just didn't so those are the three nominees it looks like eric carlson's more than likely going to win and even though i know a lot of people are upset they're like oh he's a minus like 27 or something but i mean 100 points is 100 points for a defenseman like are we ever going to see that again i don't know more than likely a lot of people really believe that kale mccarr could be 100 points maybe even adam fox but i mean the nominees are are fine like i i mean i personally i picked eric carlson just because of how mind-blowing the 100 point season is uh yeah he sucks at defense but um yeah that's just the way that the defenseman trophy is they need another one and i really god they need another one so bad because defensemen all around the league just don't get enough respect it's only between the norris trophy candidates and then like no other defenseman ever gets talked about because there isn't i don't think there's enough discussion about defensive especially defensive abilities like how no one ever talks about the straight up defensive defensemen i mean you got Pollock and Pellick and um in New York you got uh Slavin and Pesci in Carolina you got Siegenhaller in New Jersey like geez man there's so many really amazing defensive defensemen that you just never ever hear about so whenever um the NHL awards are all done and stuff I'll go through their awards and then I'm gonna make my own awards like I'm gonna come up with my own defensive defenseman of the year and stuff like that just so we can have a different conversation Eh, they got the Calder Cup nominees, Stuart Skinner, Matty Beneers, and Owen Power. Really like that Owen Power made the cut. And that's good because kind of falls into my argument with the Norris is that, you know, even though Owen Power didn't have the most points or anything like that, what is the most impressive thing about Owen Power is that he's already playing major minutes in this league. He's, what, 18, 19 years old. He is already, he looks so natural. He looks like an NHL defenseman who's been in the league for like five plus years. He looks great out there. And he's only going to get better defensively he's it's very very impressive honestly what he did this season so i mean own power may never blow you blow us away on the score sheets he may not be putting up 40 50 60 plus points he may just be a 30 40 point defenseman but incredibly just well-rounded amazing two-way defenseman right so i would love to have that kind of player on my team and i think it's really nice to see that own power got the nod i don't think he's gonna win it I think it's probably going to go to Manny Beniers, but um, I think Stuart Skinner, again, another guy, uh, goaltenders that you don't really see them too often in in the Calder conversation, and I think Stuart Skinner deserves to be in that conversation for sure. He was so good down the stretch for the Oilers. I know that playoffs have nothing to do with the voting, but I mean, what he's done for the Oilers in the playoffs, I mean... No, he's not stealing them games or anything, but you know, he's in there battling. He's he's getting wins for him. 
The Selkie was interesting. So you got Mitch Marner getting nominated, Nico Heischer, which is dope, and Patrick uh, Patrice Bergeron, obviously. So I wouldn't be shocked if they give it to, to Bergeron just as like a parting, you know, going away gifts. It's like, sorry, you didn't get a Stanley Cup. Here's a Selkie kind of deal. If Marner gets it, that's just going to make everybody upset. But I have to, I mean, I'm not mad about him being there. I think he, that's the only thing really that I love about Marner is his power, his penalty kill. I love watching him on the penalty kill. He is so much fun to watch there because he just, I just like the way that he's basically throwing a stick in the, in the, in the wheel of, of the bicycle of, 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 of power plays going up against him because he's dangerous, man. You don't want to give that puck away to Marner. He will, he will make you pay. So I like the fact that they finally nominated a, a winger. Uh, I mean, it would have been better if Mark Stone got the nomination, but he just didn't play this year, so he wasn't going to get it. But Nico Heischer, that is awesome to see a young forward there. You don't usually see young forwards. Uh, so, But Heischer is he's absolutely incredibly an amazing defensive forward. So, I mean, yeah, I'm down with that. But um, honestly, I, I would just give it to Bergeron out of respect and to really solidify him as the player that he was. Now, honestly, I don't know how amazing he was this season. I didn't watch him, but um, I'd be down to give it to him. Lady Bing, you got Jack Hughes, Anze Kopitar, and uh, Braden Point. Interesting. I believe that is for the most uh, gentlemanly thing or whatever. So, all right, that's that's great. Uh, Jack Adams got Montgomery, Hackstall, and Lindy Ruff. Holy shit! Did I predict that right? I think I might have done that. I think I pre- no 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 I didn't. Never mind. Never mind. I'm not gonna bring up what my prediction was. I'm not gonna say it. Don't go back and listen to my predictions either. Please don't. So Jim Montgomery, Dave Hackstall, and Lindy Ruff. I mean, yeah. I mean, you have to give it to Montgomery because he had the greatest regular season of all time, and they don't take into effect what happened to the playoffs. So, I mean, it's it's Montgomery's, but an amazing, amazing job by Dave Haxtell. I personally was on the get this fucking Dave Haxtell guy out of the NHL. He can't coach. Shut my mouth up. Shut my mouth up. He had a great, what a great season for him and the Seattle Kraken. One of the biggest, if not the biggest increase in points from your first to next season. I mean, a great job from Hackstall and of course, Lindy Ruff. I mean, what a story for this guy. First couple weeks in the season, the fans are chanting for him to be fired. And now look at him. He got you guys into the Stanley Cup playoffs, got you to the second round right now. And you guys wanted him fired. And he's a Jack, Jack Adams finalist. So, yeah, I think New Jersey Devil fans across the board have had their mouth shut up by Lindy. Bill Masterton, you got this is the dedication to hockey. Clayton Keller, Alex Stalock, Chris Letang. I mean, Clayton Keller, oh man, I mean, just uh, for him being such a trooper in Arizona, I understand that nomination. Alex Stalock, I, I apologize, I don't know the story as to why he was nominated, but if he's nominated, it's probably for a good reason. And Chris Letang, obviously his dedication to hockey is out of control. He had a stroke this season, he still came back, he played, he played, did he not play every game this season? I think he did. I don't, I'm not, no, that, that was Crosby and Malkin. He definitely didn't play every game this season, but Chris Letang, man, you can't deny his dedication to the game. I mean, absolutely. Me personally, just because I don't know the stories uh, behind Keller and Stalock as well, I'm, I would give it to Letang. 
the Jennings is going to go to Allmark and Swayman. Art Ross will be McDavid's. Maurice will be McDavid's. So, yeah, pretty interesting uh, nominations. I mean, I've, I always feel like the the biggest argument is always going to be around the Norris. That's why they have to. I just don't. I cannot believe how there is not another award for defensemen already. Like, it's absolutely ridiculous a little bit. But um, at someday, there's, I don't know, call it the Lidstrom Award. Call it something, man. You got to give out something. There's got to be something. Anyway, uh, so those are all the nominations. Uh, that is the show for today, folks. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you guys enjoy the game tonight. I hope you know. I hope you guys, Leaf fans out there that are listening, that maybe this is a hard time for y'all, and you're, and maybe this is a new situation for you, new new hockey fan, and and it's okay, man. It's okay. I've gone through decades and decades of of Leafs disappointments and all of that it's okay it's just just be happy that it happened right you know it's it's great that they made it to the second round we got that moment yeah it was short-lived but that's how it's always going to be man like even if when if and when the Leafs win the cup it's only going to be a matter of time before that conversation comes up again what what have you done for us recently it's that's just the way that this shit works right it's always what have you done for me lately kind of a game you know, like even the Tampa Bay Lightning right now, like I imagine there's fans over there that are scrutinizing their team, especially with the the Tanner Janot thing and all that. Like you guys won back-to-back cups. You are not legally allowed to complain for a decade. Shut your mouth. So that is how I'm going to finish the show this week. Thank you everybody so much for listening. And we'll be back on Saturday with the wrestling Wrestling cast, WrestleCast, of course, will be doing the recap on all the wrestling. You can check out this Monday or last Monday's GamerCast, which was my first look at the Yakuza series. Very, very interesting series of games right there. So if you're curious, you want to know more about the Yakuza series, go back there, check out that episode for me. I'd really appreciate it. And you can always go back and check out any of the prior GX GamerCast. They don't they age very well. They're not like a, a weekly news show where if you if you didn't listen to it this week, it's probably not gonna be very good to listen to but the gamer cast you can listen to whenever you want and and always encourage you guys if you have any questions related to video games hockey wrestling send in your questions i'll answer them live on the podcast if you want me to if you don't just want to have a private conversation i absolutely fine with that no problem we can just talk about stuff and be nerds it'll be a lot of fun and if you are bored you want some more content you can go over to the youtube channel Gamer GX videos. Follow the links down below. There's also a Twitter page you can follow along with for announcements and all that great stuff. On the YouTube page, I'm currently playing Resident Evil 8 Village. Getting my fucking shit scared consistently. So if you uh, want to see me get scared, uh, you can go over to the YouTube channel. Check that out. Let me know what you think. And, uh, I mean, go Leafs, go, right? Like, are they going to do the thing or are we just going to get swept right here? I don't know. Oh, boy. Oh, boy.